Hello everybody and welcome back to What Would The Smart Party Do? What would they do this week? They get together because Baz is back with us. No more stunt people. We've got the original <laughs> article. How are you doing Baz? <laughs> Alright, thank you mate. The OG. Yeah, thanks ever so much to my stunt me. <laughs> brilliant once again. I can't win, can I? He either comes on and he's brilliant I think, oh god. Or he comes on and he's rubbish which doesn't happen and it's like, oh god, there's some rubbish on the cast. So I can't win. Poor old guy. Well done, mate. I, I got to be the audience for the last cast. It was really, really nice to listen in. I was, I was going to email. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we always like fan mail, so. <laughs> no, I was going to email. All <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I was expecting a real letter. Yeah, yeah. That's no, good to be back, man. It's really good to be back. How you been? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I think. I think that's what all everybody says these days, isn't it? We're like, I'm all right, all <laughs> as right. long as you like. Not bad. Then <laughs> you got care. That's good enough. Logan so, um, said it best. <laughs> still alive. Yeah, still alive. I'm playing <laughs> some games. I've, I've tried out some Red Venus, which I'm Ooh. going to play some more of. I might run that at Virtual Grog Meet, which is coming up. Uh, Stummer Session Zero for Hot War. So that's been lined up as well. Uh, and I've got a bunch of other things that are bubbling away. Pendragon's going to come around again. Star Trek Adventures is waiting to fire off. How about you? Well, how's your gaming going at the minute? Uh, well, 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 back up a minute there, cowboy. <laughs> you played Hot War. That, this has broken the broken, <laughs> broken the seal on a game you've only discussed for five years. <laughs> We've done the session zero. We haven't actually played it. <laughs> Full disclosure. Oh, and mark off Hot War on your bingo cards at home, please, guys. It's already happened in the first two minutes. But this time, it's getting play. This is good news. Yeah, yeah, Hot War, Hot War as well. Because uh, a, a couple of the players were quite insistent. I was going to run it in the original, like just as the game is anyway, in the original setting. Um, but they they commented that when they've seen it at conventions and things, quite often people are, um, are hacking it to other stuff or using different environments. For example, Scott Dorwood from the Good Friends of Jackson Alliance, he's run some quite a few Cthulhu ones using the Hot War system and that kind of thing. So the, the what uh, what Galbi said, Neil Gao, yep. our good friend, who's busy writing Duty on a version two. I'm sure it's going to be out this year. Uh, he was saying that you know he's not actually played Hot War properly since he playtested it probably ten years ago. Yeah. So yeah. it's good to good to get it out, and we've got got a, a couple of new people, well, or newish who haven't played it before or seen it. But everyone's quite excited. They've all bought the book, which is always exciting when the players do that as well. I love it when players actually go and buy the stuff. Mm. Shows a little bit of commitment and read it. I mean, all, all good. So looking forward Ooh. to that, and it's good doing a session zero, as I think we've mentioned in a little um, smartzini which our patrons will have seen and we're going to give them some more stuff like that over the coming weeks and months um, but it is good to do that proper session zero where everybody establishes what they want to see and what they don't mm -hmm. want to see and like how the group's going to work together and just get somebody's mind in the right place for playing the session I think all too easily people can start campaigns or games and you'll just sit down and start rolling dice and don't really think about it and then you always get the the lone wolf player who's a bit um, secretive and doesn't want to hang around with the rest of the guys or mm. you get someone who wants to run off and be into a sniper in the bell tower or whatever else it might be or someone thinks that it's all about charging forward like Leroy Jenkins so it's good to have that session zero and just chat around it all amongst each other like what are we trying to achieve what are our yeah. characters doing and all that kind of stuff gives you a bit of odds doesn't it start off on the same page you might not stay on the same page the page might change four or five sessions mm. and it might not your session zero might have fallen to pieces, but you might as well give it a good shot. You've got to stack the odds, haven't you? 
get a good starting point yeah absolutely just get these expectations in the right area do you know what I mean mm-hmm. you say science fiction to someone that could mean alien to one person and Star Trek to another you know it's just worth doing that clarification even if it's something that might seem self-evident when you mention the, the genre or the even the IP like the expanse or something mm. unless you actually narrow down what it is you're doing and what the players are about or characters about rather then you can lead to two different things if someone thinks you're having a political machinations version of expanse and someone else thinks that you're desperate belters out on the the ring or whatever that those are obviously two different games so yeah just a little bit of clarity and get everybody get everybody's buying i think that's the mm-hmm. secret isn't it yeah yeah once somebody says yes i want to play this then uh, you know you're on the right track yeah definitely and uh, and plus you know character generation big part of session zero usually it's a character generation is much more fun when you do it as a group quite apart from you know not stepping on anyone's toes or anything else like that if you're playing a game that's got bonds built in or even if it hasn't that's your opportunity to do it uh, bonds are a good thing and it's quite nice to get some just learn a little bit about each other because once the game starts when you sit down cold at a convention for example um, I always have to grab an index card and write down who the other people are playing but what their real name is what the character name is the mm-hmm. basic stuff like occupation whatever it is otherwise you, you, you lose it because you, you're trying to trying to uh, spin up this new character all of your own as well and listen to yeah. whatever the GM is trying to convey you know bits about the setting or you know, here's a quick tour around 12 countries and star systems. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I haven't figured out what my strength stat is yet. So <laughs> it's quite nice to not be in a live fire situation. Is <laughs> she going through all It that? is. <laughs> yeah. And this is talking about war. It's something that um, I'll mention Scott again has done really well in the past that I quite like. Because that, that game specifically says starting media res. Um, we've given it advice for other things, like, you know, start off with an adventure or. Um, like you're at the dungeon door or things like that, you know, get really get into it as, as quickly as you can without all the messing about. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that's how you start with the players. It's how the characters start but with the players. You can just have a sit down and go, "How is everybody?" Get all the small talk out of the way, or whatever else. Yeah. And I remember again at Conception specifically around one of the chalets, like a lodge on this um, uh, summer park, I guess you'd call it something like that, a bit like a pontins or a butlins, that kind of thing, but off season, so it's mm-hmm. you know available for all players. And we're all sat around in nice comfy chairs and you know the heating's on and everybody's got a drink, everybody got a drink and you know who's got biscuits and you've done all that sort of thing. You're like, all right, everybody ready to start? Okay, we'll start now. Right, you what's your problem? And just like start shouting at one of the, the players as in, in character <laughs> and like the character had to respond. But it, it was a great juxtaposition and getting that kind of, he did do all the normal stuff of like introducing everybody to everybody else and making <laughs> sure it was comfortable before he started badgering someone immediately in character. But that, that sort of contrast was really good. But it's um, it's good to know that different thing there as well between speaking to players and then speaking in character can yeah. be two different things as well. Yeah. Uh, and then when you do start, start hard. Uh, that works for me anyway. <laughs> it's um, uh, talking of new beginnings and, and session zeros. Uh, I've uh, I kind of had to step back from GMing a bit recently for for reasons. Uh, but I'm able to play, which is great. And I've actually got more games on now that I'm playing than I was when I was GMing. And uh, lots of campaigns have come to an end and lots of campaigns are starting. And um, I've got my son is involved in one game as well. And he's quite new to, to gaming. And it's it's a real privilege to have you know my son with me and to be playing dad and son together Friday night, playing a bit of D&D. Uh, and our mate Matt is running the game. And we've got some, some great gamers around the table. And it's just really, really nice. <laughs> Of course, Danny doesn't know my mates that well because he hasn't left the house for a year. None of us have. 
So <laughs> he probably has thinking about it. I don't think he's met more more than one of them. And so everybody else is like a disembodied head on the screen. But he's dead <laughs> brave. He's fourteen years old, but he's rocked up to play D and D, and he's got his character sheet, and he's he's done all his research, and he knows his stuff. So he's confident as far as the game's concerned. He doesn't know these other people, and they're all grown ups. So our yeah. session zero is different because we've got a kid with us and I know him but then I'm trying not to be dad I'm just trying to be another gamer you know another dick mm. around the table really I think that's the way you should play so we do this for you know for a good couple of hours and I was so grateful that we did because in session one the guys turned on their character accents <laughs> so, <laughs> if we hadn't had session zero I'm reasonably certain that Danny would think that one of these characters was kind of like, you know, standoffish, a bit aloof, and had like a weird kind of mid European accent. And <laughs> he would never have heard their real voice. Yeah. And it's true, you know, like we play with, with our friend Rich, don't we? And he's like a master of character voices. And I don't know how he's got the energy to do it, but he always puts on a voice. It's like a Glaswegian accent, or he could do a deep south. He could do loads of accents. And he religiously plays it, you know, stays in character all through the session virtually. But if you didn't know him, if you didn't have a chance to get to know what was going on at that session zero, you'd think, who's this Scottish guy we play with? And the rest of us are going, what Scottish guy? There's no Scottish guy in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, funny. I played um, I played a game with... Uh, Sandy Pearson was in it, actually. He was in a tower in uh, Germany, in Bergstarlach. Mm-hmm. And one of the role players I know from the UK scene now, uh, he's really nice. But at the time, I thought he was like being a real arse and it's only afterwards I realised that that was just the character but yeah. because we didn't have introductions he was just contradicting everything I said and all. And I, I like thought well what's his problem like we're here to have a nice time and, <laughs> and it, it was after the event and later on I realised that written on the back of his character sheet he said you have to disagree with this character all the time and that's why he was doing it <laughs> if you don't have that establishing shot to, so that everybody knows each other then yeah it can be very strange when you actually get into role playing yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've played before with married couples. I didn't know were married <laughs> because their characters weren't <laughs> married, <laughs> which made a few seduction scenes kind of awkward after the event. You know, what I mean? <laughs> stay away from my husband. What? The Scottish one? There are no Scots here. <laughs> yeah, bonkers, mate. So yeah, loads of new games starting. So I've had a few session zeros uh, over the first part of this year. Um, what if I playing? So we're playing uh, Blades in the Dark, and that requires a session zero, I think. A couple of the guys in our crew are new to Blades in the Dark, so that needed a bit of a rules primer um, and uh, masterful GMing, really, from a guy who really knows his stuff. So, you know, Keeper Matt, who, who runs a tight game for Blades, and um, mm-hmm. we've got all the Roll20 support. I think we've mentioned before just what a good-looking game that is on Roll20, so that helps. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and that's really nice and and that's certainly a situation where when Matt says right a quick tour of Duskfall you actually sit back and go good Uncle Matt's story hour I like this bit this is going to be nice and, <laughs> and he does a really good job so that took a bit of doing and, and baked into the game you've got to do a crew playbook so you're playing scoundrels in a, in a kind of Victorian industrial nighttime city and uh, you are all about doing scores and heists but the way you do it is quite important. So having a discussion about whether you be smugglers or assassins or weird cultists is, is all part of the story. And that session zero is really important. And it's definitely helped because we're a couple of sessions in now and we are ready to play. When, when, we, when we play now, there's, we haven't got to have any kind of 
side discussions about who's doing what or, or anything else like that or world building we can play to find out which is a an yes. oft used term but you can only do that when you've got like your admin out of the way so session zero is brilliant for getting that sorted yeah i think that's a very good point actually because quite often people say apply to find out and then start from nothing and i think yeah. that's quite difficult <laughs> It's like, so we're just going to build a house, but not have any plans or foundations. Like it, it does actually, you can play to find out, but you need you need to know where you're going. You know, you need what are you trying to find out, and what, like, there's there's a certain like framework I think needs to go around some of these things. Yeah. Even though you don't have to fill in all the details, the find out bit is like the fleshing out, isn't it? It's the absolutely uh, getting all the fine tuning. I I have encountered before, and it's definitely a difficult thing to do. It's the bit that could take all of sessions here if you're not careful. But I've absolutely encountered someone who said to me when I've asked them what their character name is, they said, I don't know. Can we just, I'll, I'll come back to you later on in the game. Which doesn't sound like an unreasonable request, but Session Zero would have had that nailed. And then they could say, I am Olaf. And then we could get to a more interesting question of like, you know, how do you present yourself? How, what's your mm. gait like as you walk down the street? Instead of, oh God, there's a big blank hanging around in the game now and I can't. I can't do anything with it and that player feels under pressure and they're going to say Bob aren't they at some point and then I'm going to have to say oh, does it have to be that and then and now we're not playing the game anymore now we're playing GM setting boundaries and player feeling stressed <laughs> out yeah <laughs> sad times that, ahoy that is one of the good things about Blades in the Dark the Apocalypse World games with player books all that kind of stuff is quite often the for your character class or type for want of a better word um tends to have a little paragraph with like suggested names mm. so that's really cool that's that's yeah. something, i mean something you could do for most games to be honest is have a little list so when you start if people don't know what to call themselves have that yep you yeah know. absolutely so session zero is really useful for that because um uh it gets you past that that scene as well of like introduce yourself and the characters which is totally there for a reason and i use it in every game and and sometimes that's great and sometimes that's less great but you know it gives everyone a chance to really chew on things and change their minds as well so when you get to session one you can do a retcon if you've had a week to think about it and you realize oh actually maybe being maybe being proud aloof and haughty and you know not trusting anyone isn't necessarily the greatest personality fit for a team of adventure seekers (laughs) (laughs) so maybe i'll adjust that one slightly that works um what else we do? Oh, other session zeros we've had include uh, we had a session zero for our Friday night Eberron game, um, which was less about what is D and D because we all knew what that bit was, but more about oh new campaign setting for some of us, uh, for others haven't played in Eberron for a long time, and to your point that you mentioned earlier, well what sort of Eberron are we going to play? Because mm. you can't play all of it at the same time. Right, it's going to be a very very big difference between playing in the jungles of Zendrick in, in the city of Stormreach or playing in Shan and playing some kind of noir detective thriller or the, the 12 or 15 other different campaign variants you're going to have so we had a good discussion about that um, and that was nice that everybody bought, bought into what we were going to do so that when session one came along and we were presented with a quest we didn't have any umming and ahhing about whether that was the sort of thing we did or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that can happen. <laughs> yeah, I was just having flashbacks. Nam stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I think um I don't know, I guess some groups like it. I think I'm past all that now. The kind of arguing over whether you got ten gold pieces or eleven 
mm-hmm. to, to you know do the mission which you know the germs prepared so you're going on anyway and uh, uh, there's a limit to how much of that fluff around the start could be but then you know you watch something like Critical Role and they can have whole sessions which are just speaking to the guy in the pub with the mission yeah which you know obviously there's there's a market for as well I'm not saying don't do it but yeah I, I find it odd uh, as probably I was discussing with Guy last last time, you know, I'd rather get on with some action and do what the game's about myself. It's a uh, an interesting discussion with Danny after our uh, his my son uh, after our D and D games because because uh, GM Matt is a lovely fellow. He sent me a message going, "Is there anything I can do to make the game even better for Dan?" And it's like, "What well, a lovely thing to ask, mate!" And um, so I went and asked him, you know, what did you think two or three sessions into D and D? And his first observation was, "Can we do this every night?" So that's a, that's a win, <laughs> right? So good for him. Um, no, we can't, son. <laughs> yeah. Daddy needs to drink sometimes. So, <laughs> but he's, um, we were talking about the various aspects of role playing and which ones he would like to see more of, and which ones he would like to maybe see the dial turned down a little bit. And it's always an interesting discussion. And you know, basic techniques and it. You know what went well even better if sort of corporate speak but it can be handy and mm. it's nice to check in and, and Matt's a really good DM and he likes to be told he, he seeks feedback so yeah fine and I thought oh cool and I can dress up some of my wants as my son's needs as well so better <laughs> I can smuggle in some <laughs> some rubbish about experience points or whatever it is that was wound up about today and um, interestingly I thought this is really interesting so he said he likes you know big exciting fights I thought yeah tick thought you might say that um, and he likes cool character concepts because he loves coming up with stuff and, and, and especially in D&D it's, it's quite difficult to not come up with something which I would consider outlandish but he would consider quite normal you know robots with wings and, you know all kinds of like a dinosaur gotcha. familiar yeah. that kind of stuff um, and he said and also goes I like getting into conversations with NPCs so I said oh cool this is fantastic because that's one of the pillars of a lot of role playing games isn't it talking and interaction mm. So I said, oh, well, that's fine, mate. I said, so um, So when I go back to, to Matt with that, what should I say that you, you want to get involved in some like deep conversations? You want to like do some political faction stuff, you know, join alliances, that kind of stuff? Is that what you're after? He goes, he says, no, no, no. He goes, I'd like to be out like order a drink or go shopping and talk to the people who are selling the, the rope. <laughs> I thought, oh, really? But then the thing is... <laughs> The thing is, he hasn't done it a thousand times. I was going to say, have you not done it before? Yeah. And he was brought up, when I should have been educating him on how to be a role player, he was watching streaming and APs. Hmm. And in those games, I think, I'm not saying this is a diss at all, but they they can do entire shows where they're schlepping about town and doing a bit of provision shopping. And, you know, the GM is spinning up some kind of remarkable merchant who you know mm. they, they can find the name for them and they can put on a quick accent and maybe wear a hat and there's half an hour of content there and and he's seen all of that and he wants some of it whereas I'm sitting there spinning my thumbs thinking oh man come on I know the adventure's over there it's a bit meta but I know it's not in this, on this battle map <laughs> I want to see the different page of Roll20 and he was feeling like he'd missed out a little bit because we'd skipped past that element and said like you know if you want to ah, buy your leather right, armour yeah. you can do it in downtime so you know, horses for courses, mate. Definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think um, I'd like to still be a point to them. So looking back in the midst of time, this this name may mean something to you. I don't know if you remember it or not, but Charbaya, who was a, a dwarf merchant. Uh, yes, from I do. Yes, of course. In Earthdome, 
and uh, like he does sell you some booster potions or something, but he turns up a couple of times offering you missions. Yeah. And I think if you're weaving that kind of stuff into it, that's where those kind of conversations come in. Like mm. you know, the the guy you always go to for your healing potions, and you do that two or three times, and have a bit of banter with him. The time you go and he's been robbed, or you know his yeah. daughter's been kidnapped, or like so all of a sudden this like slapping about town doing a bit of shopping can actually mean a bit more and the players are a bit more invested yeah. and it's like you know I'd love to give you a healing potion this time lads but someone's robbed my shop mm. if you can get them back you can have 10% for free kind of thing and that, you've got an instant adventure there and uh, yeah. if he's been roughed up by local hoodlums or something like that you just got a bit more investment so um, yeah I think I don't mind some of the bantering about as long as you can then sort of reincorporate it and make it into stuff that's going to happen in future sessions rather than just being talking to the barman for the sake of it constantly. Yeah, I wonder if it couldn't be pulled into session zero. So if you have got a new campaign where you're you're starting in a settlement or a village or a space station, as well as doing your character, your crew, your starship, whatever it's going to be, why not populate things a little bit? Some games mm. will make that into the character sheet, won't they? But, you know, when you're if you're doing group character generation actually the equipment buying bit is the bit where everybody goes solo anyway realistically and you're yeah. spending 180 gold out of the player's handbook or whatever it is and it all goes a bit quiet so I wonder if that might be a time to start you know, making up some some uh, stable hands and some bar keeps and just a few you know, hostelries that kind of stuff rather than session one being where are you staying that, that could have been a question that probably could have bulked out your session zero and added even more flavour into the group before you got going yeah yeah, it's, it's happened in the Hot War session zero there's a pub that they all go mm. to like that, it just came out naturally of like where they meet and where these guys based and it just turned out well that'll be that pub but, oh, well, well hang on why is not my contact over here why doesn't she run that place nice blah 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 and, and that so you've already got like a situation there and a, an account mm. uh, an NPC and a location and some amount of conflict or other shenanigans going on. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so it's, it, I think it's probably worth when you're doing session zeros as well. This is a um, a good idea. Is taking stuff from Hot War or other perhaps conflict resolution games or things like uh, Microscope. We do world building, but then don't actually mm -hmm. do anything with it necessarily. I think if you hunt around, there's quite a few other games that do that kind of building the situation stuff and you can take that out and apply it to your Pathfinder 2 game or whatever else it is you play yeah 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 quite I mean I think uh, some of that advice is absolutely gold mate dependent on game as obviously dependent on game um, I, I think some games probably suffer from too much overthinking you just want to start and, and build yeah. your background as you go uh, and other ones massively benefit from it we um, I have another session zero to perhaps use as an example we kicked off a Forbidden Lands campaign, a, a game which I think is challenging. I think there are some elements to it that I certainly haven't got my head around yet, um, and, it's, and it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of different but the same. So uh, uh, I suppose a quick elevator pitch for Forbidden Lands would be it's by Free Elegan, so it uses their Year Zero rules engine, which we've have talked about before, um, and it's a throwback game. Uh, I think they wouldn't mind me saying it's an OSR style game so it's, it's designed to replicate those kind of games of the 80s D&D style black and white line art um, uh, you've got spears and chainmail and dragons that are more like beasts than big talking academics sure, that kind yeah. of style and hexploration as well so great big fat hex map populated with um, ruins and necromancers towers and 
pirate captains and dark woods and it's all on this big glorious map and you get plonked in the middle and it's a new world to everyone it's like which direction do you want to go in and what do you want to do so as a session zero we got to generate our characters which was really interesting because we did it as a group there's only three of us so we could listen to each other as we were making decisions and we did some random rolling and there was a little bit of life path stuff going on and that's always fun and then we got to do some bonds and because there's always three of us everybody's got a bond with everyone mm -hmm. but as far as background was concerned and as far as filling in our location there was none of that because we're starting a new life in a place which has got a blank map so it's session one was where it was going to start and that was considered to be the game so we had a slightly truncated mm. session zero but we were we were kind of champing at the bit to do a bit more and find out about our world which was quite nice it's quite nice because i think if you were playing to pick a different year zero engine game one i don't know particularly well but if we were to play coriolis i would imagine we need to do quite a bit of info dumping in session one to yeah. you know how's how's all this work what's going on um, whereas it took matt you know a couple of minutes i've, I've kind of done it already in my conversation with you and i know you know the game but our listeners now know as much as they need to to start for bitten lands <laughs> yeah yeah the other the other interesting thing from hot war actually i've just recalled is it um you have a not a flashback scene but you have a, like an introductory scene for each character mm. and based on how that goes they'll either get another positive or negative trait which oh. is a cool way of giving you a last trait um but it's from a year ago mm -hmm. so you the, you get the player to describe a scene their character was in a year ago and what happened uh, and then you make a roll so you can wow. see how the dice rolls work but that again is something you could pour it's like not about your character right now you don't have to write loads of backstory about their entire history mm -hmm. just like give us one snapshot of something that happened in the past which will tell us something about your character i think that's a cool way of doing it as well yeah like nice. one of the characters has got um it picked like um he's got uh, reduced eyesight or whatever he's taken some injury and it's not healed properly kind of thing mm -hmm. and that's how the game would have started and we just kind of like not without too much explanation but then the cool flashback he did was he was sort of like manning the lines trying to like get this gun to work and you know the enemy had come in and it blew up and yeah. stuff and they got the flash burns and it suddenly become like he's a bit of a not a war hero necessarily but there's like there's more to it now there's rather than just being a negative trait on his character sheet there's like a little bit of backstory there uh, and as gm that's got me thinking about like well he's going to meet any of the other survivors from that incident or you know there's, like, there's other hooks mm. I can really think of that you can bring into the game for the future because we've done a bit of a background thing. And it doesn't have to be long. Like I say, it was you know just a couple of minutes with each player, but that's a cool little thing you can do. Don't make people write three sides of background. Just give us the highlights. If you were like, you know, what was the last cool thing you did last year and get people to pick one thing. That's a pretty good way of giving them a spotlight yeah. on their character. Yeah, the three pages of backstory. I mean, we, we toss these terms around, don't we? Because <laughs> they're a real thing. <laughs> we've lived through them yeah <laughs> yeah and um yeah again uh, it'll be interesting to see what what danny does with his character but i think he's kind of champing at the bit to write a three-page backstory and i'm never going to stop a 14 year old kid from writing god no. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know and, and like with most of the art he's ever done for me there's no way all of it's going on the fridge so <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be oh god it's going to be one of those uh, life moments isn't it when you realize your three-page backstory nobody else cares about <laughs> it's just one of those things you learn when you're growing up through gaming and you, you feel that everybody should and I think this was all enabled back in the day by experience point rewards for this kind of stuff 
you yes, feel like you yeah. could get a leg up for it, couldn't you? Um, mm. It was more than just encouraged. I think it's baked into some rule sets as well. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. But honestly, who's got time these days? If you have got time, fantastic. I'll tell you where time is better served these days. And I think this is part of online play that we're all experiencing more of these days than ever before. It's just searching for the right token. I mean, have a look for the right image. Have you noticed that in your session zeros and introduce yourself to the characters bits, it's less necessary if you can find a really good picture and it will yeah. do the whole thousand words thing, won't it? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the other good one that Guy does quite often, he does this for conventions, um, certainly playing things like Feng Shui and that kind of stuff. He'll say, which um, like TV or movie actor is your character played by? Yeah. And if someone yeah. says... You know, I'm being played by Jason Statham. That gives you an idea about the character, as opposed to if they say, you know, Christopher Price or something. Yeah, I love that. I have that in my GM notes for goblins. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try not to ever say it out loud, but it has happened, doesn't it? You know, like you've got Ricky Gervais as a hobgoblin captain in your notes, just to give you something <laughs> to go on on the day. <laughs> it works. It's that, works doesn't it? it gives you that yeah. instant thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really does. Even I'm not saying you don't even have to do the voice, do you? It's just like a little set of triggers in your head to, to differentiate them from um, from Stephen Merchant, the Hobgoblin Lieutenant, <laughs> <laughs> and the rivalry that they have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, casting, casting a game. Session zero could be like casting, couldn't it? Because you can then extend that to like if you've got your pub in Hot War, what's the landlord or landlady like? And if you go Barbara Windsor from the Queen Vic. You've got a very different thing to Dave from the Winchester from back in Minder days and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and if everyone just does a bit of casting, that's fantastic when that happens. Don't even have yeah. to look like them, do they? We just get just a sense, just enough of the character. And it's a really good little shortcut because I think we're, we, none of us want to do three-page front and back backstories that would never come out in play. It's only Peso Adventure Paths where that's still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing, isn't it, as well, is if you do write a lot of extensive background, and we'd not discourage anyone from writing it if they want to. The only thing we'd discourage is GMs making people do it when they don't. <laughs> yeah. But if anybody yeah. wants to write them, that's fine. But, yeah, it's, it's always trying to, like, get that stuff out into play, though. I think that's the interesting bit. That's how you, how you get whatever you've come up with, which is probably quite cool. How do you deliver that in-game so that other people get to share with it? Yeah, if a, tree, if a tree falls over in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make any sound? So if you exactly. wrote your backstory and nobody reads it, did it ever really matter? And if you get lonely fun out of doing it, well, good. Yeah. But uh, what's cool about a collaborative hobby is if you can share stuff with other people and then everybody gets some cool stuff they can share. So so we've done, we've done well, good half an hour in, mate, and we're still on session zero for this podcast, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine. So Don't make a perception it, roll yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to what's next. But I think it's... um. It's definitely January for a lot of people, even though it's the same old, same old in the current circumstances. <laughs> mm. it, is, it is often a time for new beginnings, isn't it? And I think you listen back to everybody's podcasts and content around December, January. It's like end of one thing, start of another. So it's nice to report in the early, in the early part of February that some new things have started to grow in our campaigns. We'll see how far they go, I guess. But the session zeros give me uh, some confidence um, that I've started three new campaigns this year which is a lot and I think they've got legs and I've got another one which is coming to a close in the next couple of months as well 
um, and that one has that one's been more organic, I suppose. A horrible term for for gaming, but that one's kind of grown and it came from a one shot and it's lasted over a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, who knows? What do we? Who knows whether we're right or wrong about these things? But sometimes you just like sit down to play a game and you grab something off the shelf and it turns gets a life of its own, doesn't it? Who yeah. knows where the magic mix is at? But it is about it is about stacking the deck so that you've got the best possible chance of your game not fizzling after what three four sessions that's sometimes a bit of a, a turning point for games isn't it? that's right yeah 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 i think um something else that i did as well last year so towards the end is if games weren't for me i was able to step away from them i think when i was younger mm-hmm. I, I was too tight like once i'd started and i felt like i had to feel you know carry out the three-year campaign until its conclusion because i'd said i'd play it yeah, uh, and I kind of got a lot better at just sort of saying, now, if something's not quite working for me, or I've got you know other things maybe outside of gaming are in the way, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty good to say to people like I'm not, I, you know, I need, thanks for the offer, thanks for the opportunity. It's been fun, but I need to step away from this now and do something else, or not do anything at all, as, as the case may be. So I think that's that's something worth bearing in mind for people as well as, you, as we're on about new beginnings. Especially if it feels intimidating, or there's a lot on, it doesn't have to be forever. So um, mm. don't be don't be frightened of starting something to try it out and see how it goes. And if it's not for you, you can always switch or try or have a rest, have a break for a bit, and come back to it. That's totally fair, mate. I mean, I've I've been talking about three campaigns I've started. That's not actually the case at all. We started three games. I'll I'll tell you next year whether they were campaigns or not. Yeah, we can't possibly know at this stage. But what we have is we have an intent. And I think, to be fair to all of the GMs in the games I'm currently playing in, they have said, I'll run this for a few weeks, and then we'll check in, and we'll see if, yeah. we're, if we're digging it. And if we're not digging mm. it, we'll do something else. And, you know, there'd be no, there, no one's going to get the blame for that. And I think that's really valuable. And I've tried <laughs> I've tried to end the campaign I'm running twice now, but the players keep demanding more. <laughs> and by try to end it, I've said, ends are on the table. You know, if you want to step off, this is a really good time to do it you know dm me if you want to keep it keep it quiet whatever you know we don't have to put any names to this um you know we can absolutely step away because we've got to like 10th level in dnd which is no small undertaking but um you know it can be a bit onerous that feeling of like oh god i don't want to let everyone down i don't want to i'm not uh, now i'm not really loving this but if everybody else is will they love it if i'm not there that's not fair and you have all of these little self-doubts don't you so I've offered the, I've offered the guys the choice, and they've all been unanimous to say no. What we want more games, which is brilliant to hear. But I think offering little get outs and little um, stopping off points, absolutely valuable. Um, and actually, two characters in my campaign took the opportunity to come up with some new characters, which was a nice way of getting a fresh start for them. But in a campaign that, that had you know the session zero was a year long for for those two new characters yeah. that they had. <laughs> yeah. The players knew the, knew the background. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of sweet. And I think that's fair because I I always, you know, I watch a lot of hobbyists say, I've got this brand new mega box campaign, I'm looking for players. And and I've signed up for these things in the past. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, what, Tuesday nights? Yeah, I can do that. But what I haven't really done with my brain is say, can you really do every Tuesday night for the next four years? Can you really? (laughs) Because I bet you can't. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) <laughs> my masters was only two years <laughs> exactly yeah exactly I'm going to be doing Master of Nihilithotep with all of the expansion stuff 
and I'm going to pay for two hours on a Tuesday night. Who's in? Yeah, we're all in. No, you're not. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the opposite to that, I managed to play um, a game that's been on my show for a while, one of the little ones, with uh, someone generally, generously offered to run it for us. And we played a couple of hours and had a break, and we got to the break point, and then the GM said, we can finish this off after a break, or I don't know how you guys feel about it, because I'm not sure we're feeling it. And uh, between us all, we all kind of went, yeah, we could finish it off, but we're not. Like when we all th thought about it properly, we're honest. We're all like, yeah, but not. We wouldn't mind if we didn't either. It's like, no, there's not like a burning need to finish that session. So what we did with the hour instead yeah. was like talk about the game, which was a perfectly valid use of time, uh, and we're all fine around it. And I don't. So it's it's great. You don't even have to commit to one session sometimes, if it's not working out for you. If you're running it, uh, certainly, you can just sort of say like, sorry guys, this is this. Is everybody else having a great time or not? And, and you know, nine times out of ten, because like, no, it's amazing. We need to have more of it. But sometimes it might not come off. But that's fine. That's all right. Like, I think there's a fear of hurting people's feelings, or like, how do I get out of this without embarrassing anyone or upsetting anyone or anything like that? Mm. Uh, but I think if you're all just like uh, honest and open at the start and carry on uh, uh, treating everybody with like decent amount of respect and everything, it, it is perfectly acceptable to to find your way out of things if you don't want to do that anymore it's not what you expected or you want to try mm. something else the following week I think you know it's all fine it's not as bad as you think is what I'm trying to say I think I'm in our head previously when I was younger I'd get anxious about it and worry and how do I not play this game or what do I say or how do I make it improve and you end up tying yourself in knots and demonising the solutions that what might possibly go horribly wrong if you say something uh, quite often nothing goes wrong and you can all just have a nice chat and decide to play something else yeah quite I mean you know we are we live in a golden age of gaming and technology as well so i think back in the day mate if you had a you and five or six mates were playing rollmaster that was probably the only game you were playing as well realistically you might have yeah. been dabbling with something else if you were at university or school and you had more time not that anybody would do at the moment but i think if you've got three or four games going on and and plenty of other offers in the inbox <laughs> you could be a little bit less precious and everybody could be a little bit less precious so you know if I'm GM in a game and somebody wants to step away I like to think I'm mature enough to go it's, it's you know it's not me it's them and um, or it's not them it's me which whichever way around you want to say it but it's fine and they'll step away and then maybe I'll see that they're playing in all these little Venn diagrams that hook up together with the certainly the UK gaming community although we play internationally don't we but we have we have mutual players and mutual GMs and, and most of our friends and associates do and then you find out like you know someone who dropped out of your game is playing in someone else's game that you dropped out of and it's all a bit swingers party all of a sudden doesn't it? <laughs> throw your dice in the bowl in the middle of the table and... <laughs> maybe that's a way maybe that <laughs> yeah chuck your d20s in and then pick up someone else's dice it doesn't matter does it at the end of the day it doesn't matter because there's a whole bunch of dynamics goes into something and i think i think with a you know, mental health is a massive deal at the moment for all of us. But if you are having three hours of your free time, and it's not really, it's not really going for you, and you've given it a couple of shots, and you've communicated your desires, and you realise you're in the minority, then mm. do something different. And and no one's going to blame you for that, but they will blame you for sticking around and spoiling things because that is yes. unconsciously perhaps what might start bleeding out of your voice and your actions. So don't yeah. be that person. Or you end up just not communicating and saying nothing and not doing anything 
and yeah, just ghosted equally. it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Both why form. spend? Yeah. Why spend hours of your life doing something you don't want, and and imposing that on other people as well? Yeah. When you know you could be listening to this podcast instead, walking the dog. Indeed. Go back and start again. <laughs> listen to more and repeat. There's hidden gems. It's like my special TV series where it gets better when you watch it a second time. Get some joy in your life, yeah. Listen to the episodes from the nineties. <laughs> Highly recommend listening to the Loop Prosperity one again. More Earth Dawn in your life. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True that. True that. So, uh, what else is new, mate? We're um, we're we we session zero is done. What else have you got on your gaming platter at the moment? Is anything actually up and running, or is it all you know all potential at this point? Yeah, so like I said, um, Pendragon, I'm enjoying. We're sort of playing it every couple of weeks, but like every now and again, a week doesn't happen, so it might be a month between games. So that's just nicely chugging along. But that's that's cool to play a proper old school game. I have pitched to the guys that they said it is kind of we're playing this as it is supposed to be. You know, we're not mm-hmm. we're not, not introducing too many hippie indie mechanics or anything. It's just proper old school stuff. Uh, everybody was on board with that, and uh, poor John's nearly died twice now. They've realised they've realised what happens when somebody rolls a critical and uh, you know they're fighting a, a knight who's trained in the art of war since he was 12 <laughs> and it, it happens like your spleen falls out and stuff and you're in a very bad way so that's quite interesting <laughs> I like that I like playing the old proper adventures as well Yeah, uh, they are um, in need of some updating so you have to kind of like chop and change a little bit with those you can't quite go through things as written Um as an example, there's one one that's going to run for next time, and there's a bit of investigation at the start, and it gets to a point, and they kind of say the knights can either go for A or B, um, but like all the way up to that point, all the information that you can give to the players only tells them about A, it doesn't no. tell them about B, and it's like, well, how would they like? How's that a choice? They don't even know that B exists. Yeah. How how on earth would they follow that path? I don't get it. Uh, and there's lots of things like um, you have to roll a critical to give the information away or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh come on! I'm not like relying on a five percent chance that someone rolls the right number to give them this clue and, and that sort of stuff. So there are some odd bits and pieces, but in general, the stories that are told and the themes and the mood and I have fantastic some stuff can can feel it's all really good stuff. So nice enjoying that. Star Trek Adventures is good because that's with some noobs. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Guy uh, from the Bear After Ring podcast, the Stumbaz from last time. Uh, he's running that which is cool because there's me and uh, Neil of Duty on a Fame who know what we're doing obviously uh, and then uh, a friend of, of Guy's and her friend uh, and both of whom have never really role played before at all uh, so they've got quite into it we're about three or four sessions in mm. and we're getting past the stage of can I do this to I'm doing this almost not quite there cool. but it's, it's good to see that progression and the kind of I think when people are new to the hobby they're a little bit like what can I do and frightened to say the wrong thing Mm-hmm. And once they get used to the idea that like you can pretty much do what you want if it's you know vaguely reasonable, like we're all we're all into it. Like just say what you want to do, we'll, we'll engage with it and, and enable it. So that's all cool to see as well. Uh, my D and D noobs are on hold. Really, uh, we've mm-hmm. tried some online stuff, but they didn't really get on with it. So we need to wait till we're face to face before I can get them fighting monsters. But that that was cool because it was left on a cliffhanger. They're kind of oh. at the end of the dungeon almost by the treasure room, uh, but like trapped by a ghost in this room. Uh, so we're going to start next time with like you're right at the end of a dungeon with a ghost outside the door how are you getting out of it cool. so that'll be a, a great restart when that happens 
Hut uh, was about to start. When else am I playing? There must be other stuff. Oh, Red Venus I tried last Monday. Yes. I was going to be playing that a couple of times more, I think, at least. That's interesting. It's Rocket Punk, I think he calls itself, and a couple of other things. But it's yeah, kind we, of... we might need the pitch for Red Venus because that's, that's a yeah. bit niche, I think, isn't it? I'm trying to think how to describe it. It's kind of uh, sort of 70s a bit. If, uh, if you imagine that the Russians after the Second World War got lots of uh, rocket... Um, advancements mm-hmm. so instead of there being the v1 and v2 rockets there was the v5 mm. that the russians managed to get away from the german bunkers at the end of, of the second world war and they've won the space race so the uh, american capitalist pigs are still trying to catch up but the mm. russians won and they've got their new uh, liberal communism which is uh, i don't know i don't know how else to describe it really so it's it's kind of like vaguely cold war but not really and russia's yeah. in the ascendancy and uh, there's like mining stations on Mercury around the belt of it and stuff like that and Mars has got one American colony on it only and that's an amusement arcade or amusement <laughs> park it's like a big <laughs> because that's what the Americans do where there's like big adverts everywhere and stuff and buy right. Coca-Cola and stuff so it's a little bit it's a little bit kind of like uh, Buster Crab Flash Gordon yeah, but not quite that far back uh, sort of 1970s so there's not really they're not called different engines what they call computers there's something else but so you're in rocket ships but you can't like use the computer to get your flight path like some guy has to get the charts out and the rulers and work out what the flight path is and stuff like that even though you're flying through space and stuff right so it's like a really submarine i suppose in the the cold yeah it's kind of a pulpy sci-fi and you've all got ray guns and stuff and things like that so (laughs) it's do you have to say comrade at the end of every sentence absolutely (laughs) and the drunk has to drink vodka and you know there's this (laughs) The captain keeps calling it her rocket ship, and we're like, it's the people's rocket ship, surely. It's amongst yeah. the workers and all that kind of stuff. Sees the means of production is a bad mission, is it? So, uh, yes. Yeah, that's good. And that's interesting for other another reason, because uh, I'm playing it with a group of Germans. Oh. So they're all very generously speaking English, but trying to put on Russian accents. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's some uh, hilarious voice acting going on, is all I can say. Wow! Everybody's, everybody's getting into character and stuff, so that's really interesting. I, I might try running that for some other people at some point. But yeah, um, and that's the Everwen system, which is uh, Barbarians of Lemuria, the generic system that came off the back of that. Right now, I, I invested in this off the back of our Conan Barbarians of Lemuria last year. Right, exactly. So I am interested in doing more with that system because it's quite lightweight um, mm. and therefore doesn't get in the way, as we call it. So you can generally do pulpy kind of stuff and do larger than life things, and then there's a simple system that backs up with a few tweaks and options that make it a little bit interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I, I really like it. It's um, because I'm not massively a fan of lightweight systems. I like a bit of crunch in my games generally, but that's um, that's just uh, sits in quite a sweet spot, I think, actually. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing more. Uh, I've not like thoroughly gone into it yet, but yeah, I think the way to do that, as we've discussed before, is, is to actually run the game. Mm-hmm. It's all very well playing it, but you only see part of the game at that point, which is focused around your character, don't you? Yeah. I think you need to run it and put it in a different setting. Yes. And then you get all the players telling you they want to do things, and you've kind of got to work out how that happens and what the mechanics are and if there's options. Absolutely. Yeah. I am, um, as I mentioned before, we're, we're, we're trying Forbidden Lands. Um, and as I said before, it's a challenging game. And 
my, my GM is a professional game designer by day <laughs> and trying to get him to stop tinkering with it is a fool's game <laughs> so it's like because <laughs> he wants to tinker with it before before we've played it realistically um, but it's got quite a few moving parts in it despite it being I think actually we're getting the hang of it quite nicely now and it's starting to click and it's much smoother but it's certainly for the first couple of games you could hear the crunching of gears mm. as we're trying to do anything really just to figure out how the core mechanic works it's not massively complex but you know online new system explanations have to happen we're weighing up risk and reward and it's a pretty deadly game so yeah. you can't be casual about your actions in a forbidden lands game which means that from a learning it perspective we have to go even if we're just like you know walking up to the castle we have to be uh, i think we, we've all been mature enough to go right well let's figure out how this actually works so we go quite meta at times and it won't be like that forever but we have talked about well if you do it this way there'll be this many dice and if you do it that way you'll have fewer but you'll need less and, and that kind of discussion and I think that's pretty valuable and, and we I don't begrudge the time at all our game and our players are mature enough that it's not going to knock us completely off of the track with the game if we spend two minutes looking something up in the early days why wouldn't you You know, we've never been a slave to I like to think we've never been a slave to oh just don't worry make a roll because you know if it comes up really high it won't matter so oh, I know but inside I'm going to be looking it up in fact not even inside <laughs> I'm going to be looking it up so yeah. you know <laughs> And, and if it doesn't really matter, why am I rolling my dice? <laughs> that's it. And you can't see because you're only looking at my top half through the screen. But over here, I've got the book and I'm looking at it now. So <laughs> let's do that. So we, we're doing lookups and stuff like that. And uh, uh, bless him, you know, uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt's always wedging in other stuff. So we've wedged in a bit of Iron Swarm because why not? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but look, maybe we'll play this rules as written just to see, just to see. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, we don't really know whether what we really think about it. If we're using blending in loads of other games and techniques at the same point, then we're not really judging the game for what it is. And we want to get to that stage. I think four to six sessions in, where we can have, look each other in the eye and go, right, what do we think then? And at that point, it, it, I think everything's on the table. Like, yeah. okay, I love the game, but the exploration's leaving me cold. So, can we continue but focus on something different? Or could we, do you know what? We could be doing all of this in Savage World so much easier. Why don't we do that? Uh, and then, mm -hmm. you know, we'll make those decisions as a group. But I think you've got to give a game a fair run. And this is still on probation, but the signs are good. They're very good. We're enjoying lots of aspects of it. But I tell you what, it's brutal. And the more brutal a game is, the less casual I think you can be about the rules of the game. Yes. Because, yeah, like Burning because, Wheel. Yeah. Like you've all got to get engaged yeah. with that system. I think you have to engage with the system, not just you know the dynamics and the groups and the, the scenario and all that sort of stuff. But it, it is like walking across a minefield, and um, and you wouldn't sprint, you know, just to see what's on the other side. We're picking our way through it until we gain our confidence, get our sea legs a little bit, and I think we're going to be absolutely fine with it. There's a lot to love about it, um, and I, and I really like that it's trying very very hard to give me an exploration system that I can use. Um, and I think it might be there. There's some there's some stuff with it that I haven't quite got my head around yet. And it is a bit crunchy, as in you can hear the gears moving between the different cycles of play. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good subject for another podcast now. But, you know, what happens when you move out of one core activity into another one? Are you playing two games? And what happens if one part of the game doesn't work for you and the other part does? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, yeah, that's so I've got high hopes for this. 
really high hopes. Um, but we'll see what it looks like. I think I think I'm going to try really hard, especially with games that have new settings to me, to not make any judgments till session six. And certainly, if it was something like sci-fi or a slightly odd setting like Red Venus, for example, I'd, I'd really want to give that a fair shake because if it was a novel, you wouldn't just drop it after twenty pages. You'd yeah. give it time to sink in. And I think I think with really new, challenging stuff, and it should be challenging. New stuff is always a challenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it bed in. So don't ask me about any of these games till March. In March, they might not exist. <laughs> they might have got the marching orders by then. They may have done, yeah. Well, a new shiny comes along, doesn't it? So yeah, apart yeah. from that, I'm not going to give up on any of these games at all because there will be new things that come along and I'm not going to insert them into the already packed schedule until these ones have had a chance to breathe. Seems reasonable. I'm going to do one in, one out. Yeah, I, I, well, talking new stuff and free league things, it sounds like, I've got the rumours on the, on the grapevine that the mm-hmm. One Ring may kickstart this month. The new version, oh. possibly. Um, although I've not had any official notification, so I'll take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, and also, I've heard from, from the man himself, I think Gareth Ryder Hanran, who was going to be working or had done a draft for the Maria supplement mm-hmm. in the old world, I think has been engaged to do the new one in the new world. Right. Or something, certainly involved in some way. So that's good. That's exciting. That, that'll be my next new thing, I think. I'm trying mm-hmm. not to buy any more games until, you know. There is something new to buy, but that's that's definitely something I'll be uh, looking at. But I mean, but they always do this with free league games anyway. I always buy everything, so that's not a surprise to anyone. What well, uh, have you uh, signed up pledge for any Kickstarters since Christmas? Maybe no. Savage Worlds Pathfinder. I have not. <laughs> Although you're not the first person to ask me about that. Funny enough, <laughs> <laughs> like it must be. I'm just like saying out what definitely. people are thinking. <laughs> Yeah, more than ten people have asked me if I'm, I'm backing this or what I think of it, um, but it's not not something I'm looking at. I don't know. We have mentioned previous Edward that we could do with a proper fantasy setting for Savage Worlds. I think that's where, it'd, yeah, I think that's where it'd sing really well. But I've never done it. I've always done it as cowboys or pirates or something else. Mm. Um, so it might be that that's really good. But I, I kind of want to see the implementation because Savage's done well for other settings where it's done light touch mm-hmm. uh, if, if there's a big hardback book with like 300 pages of rules that's not normally a good sign for a savage supplement in my opinion Sure. Um, so rather than kickstart it that's something I'll wait to see on the shelf virtually or otherwise and then uh, then make a decision fair yeah absolutely yeah I mean the, the kickstarters keep on going don't they um, uh, and I am resisting and I'm resisting pretty well at the moment there's um, some stuff landing in print from Kickstarters I didn't go for. I, I ordered myself a copy of Agon today. Um, mm. So I didn't kickstart that. And uh, do I regret I kind of regret it a little bit, but I'm going to get my book anyway. So that's all good in the end. You know, Don't have to be sign up first for every little thing. Um, no, I'm eyeing Everway. I think with a, with a bit of luck and following wind, we might have some news on that soon. But I'm eyeing mm. that up because that's in Kickstarter very recently as of time of recording. Um, iron that up haven't decided yet I think I'll wait to get proper information from someone who really knows what they're talking about yeah we should do that shouldn't we yeah <laughs> let's get an expert on let's see what we can do <laughs> was, that, was that nuanced enough that hint I don't know what yeah. we'll see yes uh, I, I don't know I don't know like, I, I'm almost tempted to buy old stuff now as well it's, it's quite interesting because oh, yeah. we, we were both on in separate rooms but um, our good friends at the Grognard Files uh, are doing a book club 
at the mm-hmm. minute and uh, the inaugural one was this morning at time of recording where we just kind of hung out and chatted to other people about what gaming products they're reading and all the rest of it uh, and one of the things that came up was Dragon Warriors and the uh, original kind of like six novel sized books and things like that Yep. so I was like really tempted to get them just for nostalgia purposes if nothing else and maybe to run them out at something like Virtual Grog Me mm-hmm. um, but like checking on eBay the, the six books are like 180 quid or something like yeah, you just can't get hold of them um there is a reprint off is it serpentine press or something like that i'd have to look and google it but hogshead hogshead did dragon warriors yeah there's a, there's a new one come out now i think they've, they've redone uh, it uh and judge johnny hodgson's done the art one of our good friends mm-hmm. of the show um but i think and this seems like a really trivial thing but it's kind of a4 size now um yeah. i'm not as keen on it and i don't okay. know why that would be a problem but for some totally reason it doesn't feel as good my six copies are probably less than 12 feet from me mate and um, there are some games in my in my lifetime which have which have gotten a hold of me so hard that I've gone and created content for them and Dragon Warriors was one of the first ones I, I published a fanzine um, back when Dragon Warriors was being released wow. uh, <laughs> a couple of issues didn't get very far uh, I don't think anyone including me has still got a copy of the error worn ear <laughs> but uh yeah, um, yeah, that game got a hold of me hard first time round. I was a massive fan of it. I've run through every adventure in all six of the books, um, and I thought they were they were absolutely lovely. Running for all sorts of people, introduced loads of newbies to gaming with Dragon Warriors. Have a lot of affection for it. Don't want to go back, just in mm. case it spoils it. It's it's up there with like Earth Dawn on on a sort of a bit of a pedestal from my part, yeah. to be honest. So yeah, no, don't don't feel like I need to go back. Looking forward to new stuff uh, from. Uh, Dave Morris, Oliver Johnson, Jamie Thompson, all that old crew, you know. That, yeah. uh, again, Dirk and Blythe over to Grognard Files doing a really good series of interviews with those guys. Love listening to that, and it does make me want to dig out the old stuff and look at the maps at least, which are glorious. They're like you know, the RQ2 maps. They're so nice, so nice. I, do you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe talking yourself into it, aren't you? I'm going to get a nice bottle of something short and spicy and sit down when everyone else has gone to bed. <laughs> Sounds like a beautiful evening. <laughs> T- talking of old stuff as well, another tidbit. So if you head over to the Chaosium blog, uh, they did one there about the old uh, Glorantha maps for something yeah. for uh, this Big Rubble and Dragon Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just uh, it's only like ten bullet points or something, but it just like lists things that Greg said about the maps when he made them. And what's the, the right, interesting one right. for me was um, why the, the lettering and stuff looks a bit wonky. It's because they did with letter set, so it's like those transferable yes um, letters that you had to like scratch the top of the paper to make them stick mm-hmm. on the page. So they're all done by hand with letter set, which is like yeah. quite, there's no posh uh, posh printing or anything like you can do these days in Photoshop. It was literally there with a a blunt pencil, like scrubbing the back of a plastic sheet to put the letters on the page, which is quite yeah. cool. That was standard, didn't they? That was the way you had to do it. Those sheets weren't cheap either. No, I treasured the ones I had. But nowadays, of course, making fanzines is easy, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. So easy that even we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've published our, our first of the year. I'm calling it a zine rather than a zine, because um, it's quite bijou. But I think we're doing little and often, rather than waiting a year and doing a big one, is, is the way we're approaching it. But we'll uh-huh. see how it goes. If we get creative, they, they might vary in size. It could be like a Netflix series. You don't know how long it's going to be. Yes, 
exactly and it doesn't all drop at once which everyone is saying is the right way to do things now mm. <laughs> yeah so um and I've, I've been enjoying doing that it's been nice we've always said we will do more of it and we never get around to it awful so it's about time um as a reward for our patrons our loyal and glorious patrons who have kept everything going for us through thick and thin and, and this has been a year of thick and thin and it will continue for the foreseeable i think so goodness knows how grateful we are to you guys so if you are a patron of the show, thank you for number of our hearts. It's literally the least we could do, but we are trying. We're gonna we're gonna get out some more content um, in digital format, uh, and that will drop into your inboxes on a regular basis, as regular as we can make it. Um, you know, to sign up, become part of the smart posse, get in on the action. Um, who knows what will happen to this stuff in the future? But we're getting really nice reports and some lovely comments back from the people who picked it up. So it's a continuation of what we do on the show, isn't it, mate? So it is. short form stuff. Uh, but it's you know on your screen or print it off and then you've got you've got yourself a, a nice little magazine uh, with reviews and opinions and a little bit of humour threaded through it and um, nothing fancy but it's a, hopefully if you enjoy this show you'll enjoy the zine there's no doubt about that that's right yeah and we have it to a little bit of readers letters section so if you've got your dear Dreedry letters you want to mm. send in to us or you've got questions to ask or you want to unpack something that we've mentioned on the podcast and just want a little bit more detail uh, drop us a line. We'll we'll put it in, in type for you. We'll, we'll put our thoughts down properly, and uh, and help you out because uh, you know we're here for you, our glorious patrons. <laughs> we are cool. I think the sands of time have defeated us, Baz. We only really got started talking, and, and now we have to stop. But um, oh, such is life. So much for the elaborate script we had prepared. I know one one year we'll get to it. Maybe this will be the year. Who knows? Uh, oh. So thank you to our glorious patrons. Thank you to everyone who listens, uh, and especially those who share things on social media or talk about us or introduce other people to the podcast because that all helps. It does. Yeah, massively appreciate your comments, whether it by Twitter, Facebook, email, however you want to get in touch. We read and respond to everything if we can. So send it in. Send it in. We've got a load more guests lined up for this year. Things are looking really good for the first part anyway. Again, thanks to our loyal patrons. We can afford to, to fund some projects as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and fix the roof while the sun is shining. And then when the cons get going again, we'll come out and see everybody in real life and, uh, and get some more live play done and, and all the other projects we've got lined up for this year. So it's been really good to be back. And, uh, and I just want to say another massive thank you to all the people. And there were many who inquired after my whereabouts and or health i felt do i owe you money or something but anyway it's nice it was lovely to be to be considered and yeah everything's fine don't worry it's nice um, to feel wanted you. as, as yes. the criminals often say yeah okay so thanks very much everybody we may see you at virtual grog meet or some mm. other virtual convention around the place but until next time bye for now thanks guys see you